committed to death, this meeting is now called for order. In line with our receive rights long setting policy of local government and in compliance with local public meetings act, I wish to advise you that adequate notice of this regular scheduled meeting was sent to the Hasbro Park Press and other local newspapers on January 10, 2023. In each instance, the date, time, and location of this meeting were provided in the notice. This meeting is open to the public. Roll call. House members Beaver? Here. Booker? Catalano? Here. Gorman? Here. Kewa? Present. Lamy? Here. And Mayor Kelly is here. All right, we're going to first for Peggy Gatto. I think everybody in the room knows Peggy. She's a longtime sea rider, um, and uh, she passed away last week, so, so I can have a moment of silence for her. Proximity, um, just it'll be better readables uh, with residences, um, and yeah, would love to see that come to fruition. It's Jessica Morris. <laughs> uh, Kevin, yeah. Kevin all Nine New Street. Um, I just had a comment on the ordinance for uh, fire pits, uh, number 16, 2023. Um, I understand that this, from speaking to Christine and uh, Sam, that this is specifically for wood-burning fire pits, um, and, but it does not state that in here anywhere specifically. You allude to it at one point by saying ashes and stuff that must be removed, but there's nothing in here that actually says wood-burning or says anything about excluding gas. Uh, propane or natural gas fire pits. So right. you could just yeah, that was the intent of it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I yeah, I, I can comment on that. Okay. Sure. So Kevin, you're right. The intent was to exclude propane and natural gas uh, fireplaces. Uh, we had it in an original version. Somehow through the evolution, it got out, and we even talked about it. We brought it up a number of times. So I just asked Chris, can we actually introduce it tonight, update it, and when we adopt it at, in December? It will become law. And the intention is to do exactly what you just suggested, and that's to address the ambiguity about that. The intent is for wood burning the ones that we're trying to control. Okay. You can, we can amend the resolution tonight. Well, yeah, because the, your first reading is just by title. Um, so you're just adopting it by title. It's, it, it gets sticky once you advertise the text uh, uh, after the first reading. But you can change it tonight. Could you just <coughs> So would you recommend I mean, you're introducing it. Yes, we're introducing it tonight. Yeah. So what we're going to do is basically we're going to say that this applies to wood burning. It does not apply to natural gas and propane. Okay. Well, the only other comment that I had was that um, you know it states it can't be within 15 feet of the back uh, of the house. Um, that pretty much excludes the entire downtown area um, because anybody downtown. I mean, we have a our you know our, our setbacks are 15 feet from the backyard as it is. So. Uh, you know, I mean, that puts you out in your neighbor's yard to put a fire pit up. So, I mean, 
anybody in that Watson wood burning stove or a fire pit or fireplace even have it so much in their backyard, I uh, wouldn't be able to do it downtown. So it kind of excludes the entire downtown. So it's a little bit kind of, I don't know. I, 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 mentioned, <laughs> I made the same comment a few times. And I, I didn't want to let you know, uh, Tom or Farber, which basically was just following the like, state statute or something like that, where he recommended 15 feet based on, you know, uh, any, but, but yeah, I, I said the same thing, okay. basically eliminating fire pits from the downtown. Kevin, let me, let me just comment on it also. We had quite a bit of debate about that because it was, it was recognized that it would greatly restrict certain parts of the town. We went back with Tom. Tom shared with us what the state ordinance is around this, and in fact, it's 15 feet also. And the real concern is, in, particularly in the downtown area, if it is near an adjacent property that catches on fire, between the closeness and proximity and the potential of wind, we could have something get out of control very fast. Yeah, I so we recognize it is restrictive in certain parts of the town, but really what we're trying to do is protect the residents in the town from the potential. The closer it is to a combustible item, the higher it is. All right. And the only other thing I have is just, how are you going to police it? How are you going to police the rule? Oh, it's, 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 it's the biggest question. question. It's going to be neighbors complaining. It's, it's, you know, it's going to be the oldest. We're not going to be going around measuring the okay. hours. I just asked. Thank you very much. It gives it, you know, in case there is a complaint. Thanks, Thank you. Anybody else want to speak? Anybody else want to be heard? I'm Trevor Wayne, 5 East New Street, Seabrook, Unit A. I know we're talking about the matter of development this evening, as we told last week, uh, but I do have concerns over where it's going and if you have a just the flavor of our neighborhood, which is directly affected by it, because we're right next door to it. Uh, we feel that another restaurant slash bar would be a drawdown on our neighborhood, both probably in property value and certainly in noise and people urinating and vomiting in my sidewalk and in my street and three o'clock in the morning screamers. So if I have my choices, and I don't, but if I did, I would much prefer a, a residential development on that property. And also, from what I understand, it's uh, we'll bring in significantly more tax dollars than a single unit restaurant select bar. So, that's all I have to say about that. Okay. Thank you. I have Jim Schofield, 14 East Surf Street. So, I'm right across the street from, uh, from the Mad Hatter. And I won't pile on on residential, obviously. I, I like that too. I uh, just want to say, I mean, from my perspective, though, when I bought my home, they subtracted $100,000 in value uh, off the appraisal because of the, the map adder and the unknown of what it's going to be. So I am concerned. I mean, it directly affects my property value. If you walk out my front door, it's right there. Sorry, so, are you going to pay for residential also? Yes, please. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks. I get up. I'm Tammy Kaiser, 2 East New Street. I live right next to these guys. No surprise that my vote would be residential. But I also think that, you know, it sounds like a no-brainer if the revenues are better for the town. I don't know why we would do anything different than that. So if there is some consideration that we do anything different, I'd certainly like to know and be part of that consideration and understand why we would. Thank you. residential versus the restaurant proposals is particularly given the fact that the residential would bring in more revenue to the town which I think is 
what would serve the town best. We don't really need another restaurant, but the revenue certainly would be welcome in addition to what we currently are getting. So let's vote for that. I have voted. Good evening. Uh, my name is Ryan Schott. I'm at 10 East New Street. What's my, your name? I'm sorry. It's hard, hard. Your name was? Uh, Ryan Schott. Um, the back of my property does face the Mad Hatter, so I also would like to um, put in the vote for the residential option uh, purely from a quality of life perspective. We do kind of get the spillover and the effects of Donovan's and adding another um, piece of property that has the same effects as a bar, similar to Donovan's, would be pretty detrimental to uh, what we enjoy during the season and during the off-season. Uh, we've had numerous incidents of public urination and vomiting, as mentioned before. Um, we'd also like to reduce the number of police interactions we have on our street due to that. Um, also, there's numerous parking issues with that spillover, and we'd like to reduce that with, um, with residential as well. So, thank you.
one, there's an A, B, and then maybe we can add a C. It says fire, uh, fire pits will not include gas or propane fireplace units. Um, well, if you say will not include, we've got to be careful and clear about what we mean here, right? That, that this regulation does not apply. Well, it's defining it for purposes of the, or what, it's defining what fire pits are for purposes of the ordinance. Yeah. Um, so that's the same thing. I mean, I, I just want to be careful, right? And I understand the fact that we have to get the word tonight. I just want to, I don't want to go from unclear to unclear, right? And right now we're unclear that it doesn't exclude natural gas and propane. Whatever wording you recommend, because I know you're familiar with the ordinance, that it's clear that we're excluding them from this ordinance, great. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, it's fire pits for purposes of this ordinance um, is what's defined. So if we say fire pits will not include, I'm sorry, but you were concerned about why? I want to make sure I understand. I, I want to be careful if we say that fire pits do not include, it's not implying that people cannot have gas fire pits. I don't know if I'm being clear on what I'm saying. Gas is allowed. Right. Well, that's why I'm saying fire pits would not, fire pits, Maybe fire pits um, in this ordinance do not include propane or gas. That would be fine. Something like that would be clear on a regular Okay. Gentlemen, okay. um, could I just make a comment? Yeah. You could just amend number A, letter A, just but for the purpose of this chapter, a fire pit shall be considered as any wood-burning outdoor fireplace unit. But then you'd have to amend B too. That's why I was coming up with a C because um, any it could also be B. I mean, I, I mean, you could do it. You could change both A and B, but that's why I was saying yeah. C. So. Yeah, I, which, however, however, you, you know, I just as long as it's, it's, there's a definition that says wood burning, if that's the main concern. I, I like what Chris said. I don't even know. It was pretty. It was pretty clear. I don't know, if, Richard, if you can massage that to a way that it fits. Uh, no, that's fine. Fire pits for purposes of this ordinance will not include gas or propane uh, fire pits. All right. Good. All right, with that being said. Hang on, hang on. Everybody okay with that? Yeah. Find out in a minute. We'll do a vote. <laughs> I mean, the wording. I'm good as long as, it, as long as we're all understanding that this is only for a wood burning. Right. It's all in here. Okay.
because I'll schedule with you a, uh, a demo, the first day squad, which is, you're interested in seeing the ambulance and the, uh, with the new stretcher and, and the Lucas and show you how it operates. That's all. Mayor, just a quick update for me. Um, as you know, we've been working quite aggressively on this approach on bulkhead potential for the downtown area. Um, one of the things that we're working on right now is asking the various department heads to look at supporting data required for cost-benefit analysis, because that's part of the grant application process to determine whether or not you're applicable or viable for federal grant funding. Um, Millennium Grants, our company that supports us on this, has taken a look at this and has sort of given us an initial indication which basically says the following two points. Number one, the cost-benefit analysis to get federal funding is going to be somewhat challenged because the primary thing we look at is elevation of property and damages that are going to happen during the National Flood Insurance Program. And because a large percentage of the houses have been raised, it greatly diminishes the cost-benefit analysis. It doesn't mean it would not be viable, but they're concerned that it would be difficult to accomplish. Uh, the other thing they indicated is although they have a flat fee for grant application based on a contract we have with them, if we decide to go forward with this one, they expect it to far exceed their standard flat rate because they think the amount of work would be significant. So what we're going to do is in about a week from now, I'm going to regroup a meeting with the principals in this, which includes our business administrator, our engineering, finance, and the various departments, just to talk through this to make sure that the work that we would go through to try and make all of this come together in an application is worth the effort that we would put into it. Coming out of that, I'll brief the council on the status of that. Sounds good. That's it. Thanks. Councilor, do we have to count um, how many homes were raised versus how many homes there are? That'd be a good piece, because there's a lot of townhouses, condos, that quit campers. Right. The, the individual homes yeah. raised. Recognizing phase one of this, Councilman, is, to, is targeted towards the downtown area between Osborne and the bridge. Where there's no... We don't have really significant townhouse and condo developments, not that there's zero. But interestingly enough, when we were doing a, uh, a resident parking review, Heather and I walked the whole town and we counted every house in town, 121, and we looked at parking spots. But interestingly enough, when you look at the houses in town, I would guess that close to 90% of them are raised. Okay. But, but the, the item you're going after, does it only look at downtown for the grant? Or does it look at the whole town? It would look at the area of scope that you're applying for. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, the elevation of the houses and the risk in the National Flood Insurance Program is not the only thing that goes into a cost-benefit analysis. The police department, the fire department, OEM, uh, DPW, will all weigh in. The question is, would all of that come to a significant enough number to make the cost-benefit analysis from a federal perspective look advantageous to get us to the top of the list? And early indications are possibly not. Doesn't yeah, it? And the biggest source we really have are vehicles, and that doesn't factor in that rate. That's right. Yeah. And, and I mean, the thing that we feel, this community feels, is we have a responsibility to make sure we use every vehicle possible, every avenue possible, to get federal funding versus having to pay for it through some other ways, either directly by the homeowner or some other approach. So we're going to follow through with that until the point it doesn't make sense anymore. So that's it, man. Okay. Anyone else? Is there a, uh, a time frame that goes with that? Uh, and is it like over two years? In getting the funding? Yeah. Well, the view is, and the short answer is, if we go through a standard federal grant to appropriate appropriations, it would probably take three years. Okay. At least. 
And the problem is when you go through those appropriations approaches, there tends to be stipulations and requirements that come with it that could be very onerous. We've talked about those in the past, like public right of way, height of and all that. We have looked at flood mitigation act funding strategies and brick strategies, which are for resilience of properties. The feeling is if your cost-benefit analysis is satisfactory, that kind of funding could be derived in a shorter as a year once you've been approved. So it could potentially be shorter, and they tend not to come with the strings that I talked about from the federal perspective. But the concern is in both of those approaches, the cost-benefit analysis has to be substantial, and that's where our challenge comes in. Okay. Thank you. Anybody else? I, I was going to mention, uh, I don't know if anyone noticed, we added a uh, cement bench out at the playground. Um, there was no place to sit over there for the parents waiting for the kids. So uh, a gentleman from Long Branch gave me the two ends and put it together, painted it, and put it out there. It's uh, probably weighs, I don't know, 150, 200 pounds. I think it'll stay. <laughs> um, but I put it where you could sit and observe the kids, and right away you got some attention. And we did winterize the uh, foot wash, so that's off till the spring. I put a little sign on it saying in the spring. And uh, today, Councilman Beaver disconnected the water that was due in the front of the rec center. Um, we probably need to look at some more of the uh, irrigation, whether that's turned on or not. Even though we didn't use it, the water may be in the pipe. So sure. we'll look at that when we get back from the zone district. Thanks. Then next Tuesday, the 21st, we have farmer's market going inside in the rec center. And we'll use that as kind of the trial run. And if it goes well and everyone's okay with um, the traction and the you know, foot print on the gym, we can decide if we want to continue on for future in the winter. The vendors would love to continue doing it. Um, so I think it just becomes a question of, do we think from a durability standpoint that it won't harm the building? Because the, the vendors will happily come for the winter. All the way through. It would be great if it works out. It would be great if it works out. So next Tuesday, get your pre-Thanksgiving fresh local ingredients at the Rec Center. Um, and then the Mammoth Journal holiday issue. I don't think it came out yet. Did you know? I, I think they sent a draft. Okay. So in the um, holiday issue for Mammoth Journal, our fire department is going to have a very nice full page feature and it'll be on the cover. So hopefully that'll bring in some donations. That's the whole objective of it. The guys do an amazing job. And so we wanted to make sure that the Mammoth community is aware of what we have here, and we're fortunate, and we thank everyone. So, hopefully, we'll get some funds, donations from you. So, keep your eyes on. Fund down this year. Huh? Fund drive down this year. Yeah. Probably about 10,000. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, just let people know that you're out there, and we, we accept checks. <laughs> or fire trucks, you know, whatever. So, that should be coming out, I would imagine, any day now. Oh, yeah, and there's some of us are going out to the meet this week. It's our annual pilgrimage down to Atlantic City. 
so uh, I'll see most of you down there and head down myself. So all the towns, I think it's most of you know, but all the towns kind of migrate and cities in New Jersey migrate down there for once a year for the league, and uh, it should be our option. Get a few good things and do uh, a lot of networking. Aside from that, uh, we had a nice Veterans Day celebration. This uh, Thanks for setting it up. And thanks to Jack for doing a great job at speaking there. Thanks for leading us through the ceremony. It was really nice of you. I want to thank publicly the police and the fire for their active support. We were there in, in uh, good numbers. So very good. And it was a beautiful day. Yeah, it was nice. We're there well. But all right, aside from that, I think it's a wrap. We're not going to have an executive tonight. And uh, so, if anyone would like to make a motion to adjourn the meeting. So moved. Councilmember Beaver? Yes. Booker? Yes. Atlanta? Yes. Foreman? Yes. Miller? Yes. Atlanta. Yes. 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 All right, we adjourn. Thanks, guys.